What's up, everybody? On today's show, the latest injury news heading into the weekend with updates from Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, LSU, and more at our SEC Week 4 picks with some big games happening this Saturday. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team Every day. All right, we got plenty of stuff to get into, so let's just dive into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start over at Alabama as Nick Saban kind of clearing some things up on the Jalen Milrow situation. He talked with ESPN's Chris Lowe on Thursday and said that his decision to play Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson last week against USF was simply because he had promised that all three quarterbacks would get a chance to play in a game. Saban telling ESPN, that was it. Nothing else. I've got confidence in Jalen. I believe in him. The one thing that we've always talked about is you make enough good plays, but you got to eliminate the devastating plays, the ones that are killers. And that happened twice in the Texas game, but I think he's learned from it. Milrow uh, turned the ball over twice in Alabama's loss to Texas, and uh, the Longhorns scored 10 points off of those Two interceptions. Now, Alabama will move back to Jalen Milrow after it was downright putrid last week with Buckner and Simpson in there. Saban said earlier this week when he made the announcement that Jalen Milrow had played the best of all those guys and he earned the opportunity to be the quarterback. Tied or rallying around Jalen Milrow. Saban said uh, Milrow was initially frustrated with his decision to uh, be benched and... Uh, or Saban's decision to bench him and move to Buckner and Simpson, but Saban said he was impressed with Milrow's support of his teammates during the game. He said that uh, the Crimson Tide have to play better around him, and he's been pleased with Milrow's response. He said, if anybody's feeling angry or feeling disrespected, this is the time to go do something about it. Channel it onto the field and in the right way. That's the way I want to see us play. So big challenge here. Ole Miss coming into Tuscaloosa. How does Jalen Milrow play? Does he bounce back? Uh, play a clean game, make the winning plays. I just wonder, man, you know, are you rusty a little bit after not having played for a week? It just, it's, in my opinion, they should have stuck with him against USF. Let him, you know, throw for a bunch of yards, build up some more confidence before you had an SEC play instead of benching him and then coming back to him. But we'll see. Some good news for uh, Alabama. Tyler Booker was back practicing this week. So was Jaheim Otis. Nick Saban said they hadn't had any issues. So we'll see uh, if those guys return to the field this weekend. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, Hugh Freeze talking about the challenge for his team this week, going into a hostile environment out at Kyle Field in College Station. Aggies, of course, lost a game already this season to Miami in Week 2, but they have a lot of talent on that roster. As we know, they've put together a lot of top-10 recruiting classes there at A&M, including... But that number one recruiting class a couple years ago, 
Freeze saying on his coach's show Thursday night, the depth, the size, the speed they have, it, that roster is full of NFL players. You Freeze expecting a tough, tough game and uh, said he hopes that his team prepares the same way it did for their road trip out to Cal. Of course, it's going to have to score a lot more points than they did out of Cal. Uh, but Hugh Freeze discussing one of the things he wants to see from his starting quarterback, Peyton Thorne. He said, limit the turnovers. Peyton has got to take care of the ball in these kind of games. It's okay to punt. Throw the ball away. Don't try to do too much. Stay within the system. Now, Auburn squeaked out a win at Jordan-Hare last season in this game, 13-10. But I think there's going to be a lot more offensive firepower. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Connor Wegman having a really nice year for the Aggies. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer on Thursday giving an update on some of their injured players. Richard, offensive lineman, uh, Kaysen Henry. Richard, freshman lineman, Kaysen Henry. He was injured in their season-opening loss to North Carolina and appears to still be a couple of weeks away from returning. Senior wide receiver a, uh, Amarian Brown, they call him AB. He went down with a leg injury against Furman in week two and had a rib injury against North Carolina. Redshirt senior DB or DN Tyreek Johnson did not travel with the team last week to Athens, uh, but also did not appear on the injury report that week. And redshirt sophomore defensive uh, defensive player Jatias Gear, he did not play against Georgia. And it sounds like uh, some of those guys maybe uh, have a chance to return back to the field this week. So we'll see. Listed as uh, possible to return. Over at Tennessee, Josh Heupel giving an update on some of his players that have been out. On Thursday, Heupel said that uh, Danico Slaughter should be available for this game against UTSA. He also noted that Gerald Mincy and Cooper Mays have been practicing with the team Cooper Mays will be a game-time decision. That's the Tennessee starting center. He's not playing a game yet this year, and so much is talked about him being the leader of that offense, controlling the tempo and the rhythm. So it'd be big to get Cooper Mays back, but a lot of people thought he might be back last week against Florida, and he didn't play. Uh, as for Gerald Mincy, Heupel explicitly said he will play this Saturday. Now, does that mean he's going to start on the O-line or just play special teams? We'll see. Uh, Mincy's... Offensive uh, suspension stems from an arrest last Thursday where he cited with simple possession. His physicality was missed against the Gators on that offensive line. Uh, and look, they're going to miss, uh, or you know, they got to go up against a, a pretty good offense, at least on paper in UTSA. They've not been what they were supposed to be so far this year, but uh, Frank Harris still listed as questionable at quarterback there. All right, uh, over at LSU. Uh, linebacker Omar Spates, he has been downgraded to doubtful, Brian Kelly said last night. Tight end Mason Taylor and edge rusher Ovi Agufu, Agofu still listed as probable. And uh, Spates and Taylor, they set out last weekend's game against Mississippi State. Agofu was unavailable to play on defense despite playing on special teams. And, of course, LSU will be without safety Greg Brooks, who had emergency brain surgery to rem remove a large tumor. Uh, this past week, of course, thoughts and prayers go out to him, a guy we had on the show uh, this offseason. And lastly, over Georgia, a lot of eyes on their O-line as Marius Mims had that tightrope surgery on his injured left ankle, so he will be out for a while. The Bulldogs on Saturday moved Xavier Truss over to right tackle, and Dylan Fairchild stepped in at left guard. So we'll be watching that O-line this weekend. The secondary, Javon Bullard still trying to work his way back from that ankle injury. Saw him sit out last week. And running back room, Kendall Milton and Roderick Robinson had injuries last week against South Carolina. Milton had an MCL sprain. 
Robinson had a high ankle sprain. Smart said uh, Milton is rehabbing, and Robinson has not been practicing. Robinson doubtful, according to Kirby, while Kendall Milton has a still has a chance to play. And there you have it. That is the latest going on around the conference, latest injury uh, updates and all that. All right, when we come back, we are going to get into our game previews. We'll give you uh, what to watch and our picks for uh, each game around the SEC. Uh, more Locked on SEC in just a sec. First, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to go check out our friends, friends at LinkedIn Jobs. They're going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You just go to their website, you add your job listing and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions are going to make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode also brought to you by our friends over at DoorDash. Look, if you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door with DoorDash, uh, DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up on uh, the week on or order last-minute uh, cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your favorite restaurants, and now you can get grocery deliveries that actually deliver as well. Look, with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you're going to find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries like you just picked them up yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery free on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use Promo code locked on college at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. It's 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code locked on college. Don't forget, that's code locked on college. Get 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC, and we got a good slate for you guys this week in SEC Week 4. Uh, so without further ado, shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers joining us uh, every day right here on Locked On SEC. And a reminder, on Monday shows, we always do our winners and losers of the weekend. So let's jump into it, and let's do our matchup breakdowns. Matchup breakdowns. And we start with UTSA at Tennessee. Tennessee Vols, they have been taking a good long look at themselves after that disappointing loss at Florida last week. A lot of self-inflicted mistakes. A lot of penalties. A turnover. Turnover on downs. UTSA, they're a team that has won back-to-back conference USA championships, going 23-5 over the last two seasons. Jeff Trailer's done a great job there. But the Roadrunners, off to a sluggish start. Tennessee did not run the ball well last week. Uh, against Florida, they didn't run the ball particularly well against Austin P two weeks ago. Aust- uh, UTSA, they're giving up just 129 yards rushing. They are doing very well. Now, getting Cooper Mays back, 
will help that cause for Tennessee. Hopefully he is back. Uh, one name to keep an eye on, UTSA linebacker Trey Moore. He is a six foot three, 235-pound sophomore who ranks fifth in the country, averaging 1.3 sacks per game. Meanwhile, Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton, his streak of 248 consecutive games without an interception. That ended last week against Florida. Milton has had seven straight games with at least one touchdown pass. Tennessee, they've won seven straight games against non-conference opponents, six by double digits. The Vols have won 10 straight games at Neyland Stadium. So our pick for this week, we're going to take Tennessee to cover that 21, uh, or 21 and a half, depending on where you get in the line. But uh, our friends at FanDuel bring you our lines weekly. And uh, look, we're going to take Tennessee minus the points. I just, UTSA has been bad so far. Frank Harris, their quarterback, uh, still doubtful or questionable to play. So I think Tennessee gets back on track. I think the run game gets going. I think Joe Milton bounces back and Tennessee covers those points. Next up, we got Charlotte at Florida. The Gators, 28-point favorites, but that Gator defense has been downright nasty, giving up less than 16 points a game through an early season schedule that include two ranked teams. Florida leads the SEC and ranks 10th nationally in total defense. Austin Armstrong doing an awesome job for the Gators so far, but after ranking among the best defenses in the country for many, many years, Florida dipped dramatically the last three years. Of course, uh, Dan Mullen, I mean, <laughs> Todd Grantham, that defense was just awful, but uh, they were already 83rd in total defense back in 2020, 51st in 2021, and 97th last year. Now they're back where they belong, top 10 in the country. The Gators will be without three starting uh, offensive linemen this week as the SEC suspended tackle Damian George and guard Micah Mazuka for the first half for throwing punches at the end of that Tennessee win. And center Kingsley Aguakin ruled out after a uh, previous ankle injury uh, bugging him once again. He was a difference maker for Florida last week, but he will be out. Uh, who do we need to watch? Charlotte quarterback Jalen Jones. He's returning where it all began. He signed with Florida back in 2019, was accused of sexual battery, and uh, after a few months on campus, was no longer on campus. No charges were filed, but uh, interesting storyline there. And uh, Billy Napier, his main concern is how does his team handle success? The Gators upset number 11 Tennessee last week. They were congratulated, thrown roses and everything from every different angle. How do they handle a Charlotte team they're much better than? Uh, First-year coach Bill po Biff Pogey over at Charlotte uh, ripped his team after they allowed 568 yards to Georgia State. He vowed to grade his coaches more strictly and put them on a much tighter leash. So we'll see how Charlotte responds. I like Florida minus the 28. I, I do think that they can uh, cover those points. It's a lot of points, but I think they're going to keep the ground and pound going, run that clock, make some safe throws, and uh, get out with a dominant victory. That defense has been the real deal. Over at Georgia, they're hosting UAB. UAB a 42-and-a-half-point underdog and I'm taking the points just because Georgia, look, Georgia is good this year. I don't know how dominant Georgia is. And after rallying from that 11-point halftime deficit last week to beat South Carolina in their SEC opener, the Bulldogs, they're big favorites against UAB. Blazers, one of the nation's top passing teams under first-year head coach Trent Dilfer. A couple guys to watch for UAB. Their quarterback, Jacob Zeno, ranks third in the nation in completion percentage at 80%. And defensively, UAB nickel... Keandre swoops. He has four picks and 15 pass breakups in 50 career games played. Now, as for Georgia, Dejon Edwards, he ran for 118 yards with a touchdown. His first career start against South Carolina. 
Sounds like Lad McConkey's not going to play once again. That's his fourth straight uh, game of the season out with a back injury. And Georgia going to try to extend a school record 20-game win streak. The Bulldogs have won 30 consecutive regular season games, 21 straight home games, and their last 22 regular season games against non-conference opponents. Mizzou transfer Dominic Lovett leads Georgia 14 catches for 110 yards. I like Georgia to win. I like UAB to cover the 42-and-a-half. That's just a lot, a lot of points. And until Georgia looks like the Georgia of last year, I'm going to keep picking the underdogs to cover these monster spreads. Remember, they were a four-touchdown favorite against South Carolina last week and won by 10. Not saying Georgia's not good. They are. They're just not, you know, six, seven touchdowns better than people. <laughs> All right, next up we got Memphis versus Mizzou. Look, against my better judgment, I'm going to roll with Mizzou this week. Minus the six and a half. few notes on this one. Memphis, they won their first three games a couple years ago and proceeded to lose three straight. Their head coach, Ryan Silverfield, trying to avoid a similar fate here. They will play Mizzou. This game will be played at the Dome at America's Center. A little bit of a different name. You know it as the place where the St. Louis Rams used to play. Missouri is coming off of that last-second win against Kansas State last week. Who to watch? Memphis running back Blake Watson had 10 carries for 169 yards and a score last week against Navy. And for Mizzou, quarterback Brady Cook had the best game of his career against K-State. But he did sprain his knee late uh, in the first half last week. And we'll see how much he moves around this week. Memphis, they have forced at least one turnover in 18 of the last 21 games. And Brady Cook, he has thrown 281 consecutive passes without an interception. That breaks Chase Daniels' school record of 254. Wide receiver Luther Burden, back-to-back 100-yard games. First uh, against FCS opponents since the Tigers' Emmanuel Hall did it in 2017. So... I like Mizzou minus the six and a half. Memphis is a good team. Wouldn't surprise me if they lose this one, but we're riding Eli Drinkwitz. Big win last week. We're going to stick with them. Confidence this week. And then uh, next up, we got Kentucky at Vanderbilt. <clears throat> this line got up to 13 and a half. I think if you can get 13 and a half, 14, I think I'm going to take Vandy just to cover. Look, I think Kentucky wins. They lead the all-time series 48, 43, and 4. But Kentucky looking to avenge last year's 24-22 home loss to Vanderbilt. That win by the Commodores snapped a 26-game SEC skid for Vandy and a six-game skid to Kentucky. Now Vandy comes in trying to snap a skid after losing back-to-back road games. Kentucky, explosive receivers, Tavian Robinson, Dane Key, Barry, and Brown. Uh, Vanderbilt ranks second in the SEC with five interceptions, so they're doing a good job on that side. But this is the Ray Davis game. Kentucky running back Ray Davis transferred from Vanderbilt, rushed for over 1,000 yards last season, was top five in the SEC. Leads the Wildcats this year with 240 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He's probably going to go off on his former team. Uh, Vandy, their quarterback, A.J. Swan, leads the SEC, ranks fourth in FBS, throwing for over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. Baron Brown, he ranks third nationally in kickoff returns with a 38-yard average for Kentucky. Vanderbilt, they have piled up at least 420 yards of total offense in three straight games. First time they've done that since 1996. Clark Lee, defensive-minded, but the offense is moving the ball for Vanderbilt. He's just got to cut down on the turnovers, cut down on mistakes. And Will Shepard, he is Vanderbilt's first player since at least 1996 with three consecutive games with two or more touchdown catches. Keep an eye on their freshman wide receiver, too. London Humphreys leads all SEC freshmen and is second nationally with 266 yards receiving on nine catches so again i like kentucky to win but i think i'm gonna take if, if you really want to bet on this uh i'm gonna take vanderbilt to cover the 13 and a half I think kentucky wins something like 
I don't know, maybe like a 31-21 type game. Like, they win by 10, but they don't cover the, the 13 and a half or 14. All right, thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll hit on the biggest games of the SEC weekend. That's coming your way in just a sec. First, I want to remind you guys this episode presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, snap into the NFL action this weekend with FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book right now. Uh, new customers can get that two hundred dollar can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. They got all the college games up there, and um, that includes the games uh, that we are touching on right here. So go and check them out. It is FanDuel. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, jumping back into it, our picks for this weekend in SEC Week 4. We dive right back into it as we uh, hit on some of the bigger games. Let's start with Auburn at Texas A&M. Early game on Saturday morning, Texas A&M leads this series 7-6. and six. Auburn is looking for their first 4-0 start since 2019. Their fourth win that season was a 28-20 victory against the Aggies. Texas A&M, they won just two conference games a year ago. And Aggie quarterback Connor Wegman, he is having a hell of a year. He ranks 10th in the country with over 300 uh, yards passing per game. He will face an Auburn defense that ranks 12th nationally, allowing just 155 yards passing a game. And they are dealing with some injuries. Hugh Free said starting cornerback Keontae Scott will miss considerable time after having surgery Monday to repair an unspecified injury. And fellow cornerback Nehemiah Pritchett, he has not played. Uh, offensively, Auburn, their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, he's the first Auburn quarterback since Nick Marshall in 2014 to throw for 200 yards and run for 100 yards in a single game. Just did that this past week against Samford. Aggie wide receiver, Anaya Smith, he has at least one catch in 32 consecutive games. Auburn has won four of five meetings at Kyle Field. The Tigers have won seven of their last eight games played in the state of Texas. And the Aggies, they are 27-7 and at home under head coach Jimbo Fisher. The Aggies are tied for first in the SEC with 15 pass breakups this season, so their DB's doing all right. And uh, wide receiver Evan Stewart started the season with consecutive 100-yard games, missed last week, expected to be back this week. I'm taking Texas A&M minus the eights. I like Auburn. I like Hugh Freeze. I like Phillip Montgomery. I think they're building for the future. I think Auburn's going to be really good. I just don't think they're there yet. I think AM's got too many good players, too much good talent right now, and the way that Bobby Petrino's called that offense with Connor Wegman. They're going to score a lot of points. I don't think Auburn can keep up. Here's the thing. What if I told you, what if I told you AM's going to score 31? Do you think Auburn can score that many? I don't see it. Jarquez Hunter's been slow. Peyton Thorne's been just okay, in my opinion. Look, I'd love to be wrong. See what Auburn could do. Uh, but I'm taking AM minus the eight and the win against Auburn. Next up, we got Mississippi State at South Carolina. South Carolina leads the all-time series 9-7. to 
Uh, South Carolina, a six-point home favorite. And I'm going to stick with the home favorite. Both these teams opened with losses to last year's SEC championship game participants. Mississippi State fell to LSU last week, and South Carolina lost to the two-time defending national champs, Georgia. The next loss will leave each program in an 0-2 hole with a whole season to go. South Carolina is last in scoring, 26 points a game, while Mississippi State is next to last in yards allowed at almost 400 a game. If Spencer Rattler can get the Gamecocks going, Bulldogs have some vulnerability there. Uh, offensively for the Bulldogs, though, Jaquavius Mark still leads the SEC in rushing, 325 yards rushing, picked up his 200th career reception to break the program record, and he needs four more catches to break into the SEC's all-time top 10 receptions. Uh, South Carolina wide receiver Xavier Leggett, he is second in the SEC and sixth nationally with 122 yards receiving per game. He also leads the league with 148 all-purpose yards per game. Gamecocks, they will be retiring number one of their former All-American receiver and Super Bowl champion Alshon Jeffrey, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers, he's started 34 straight games for the program. That's the longest current SEC streak at one school. And these two teams haven't played much uh, since uh, Mississippi State. They won 27-14 at home in 2016. Before that, South Carolina had won seven straight dating back to 2000. Uh, Will Rogers, he's sixth on the SEC's all-time passing list with 11,181 yards. Uh, Aaron Murray of Georgia is the record holder, and that is who Will Rogers is chasing. A few more South Carolina defensive tackle, T.J. Sanders. He's been a force up front, 15 tackles. He's got two of the uh, five sacks for the Gamecocks this season. And uh, Tulu Griffin for Mississippi State. He has caught at least one pass in 18 straight games dating back to September 2021. South Carolina dead last in the SEC at 53 rushing yards per game. They throw it. They can't run it. That's less than half the average of 13th place Vanderbilt. they got to find some way to get some kind of rushing yards. I like South Carolina to bounce back, win at home. Give me South Carolina minus a six. I don't feel great about it. If Mississippi State can fix their offense, which was putrid last week against LSU, they can maybe hang around in this one, but we will see. All right, next up we got Arkansas at LSU. Arkansas, a 17-and-a-half-point road underdog. I'm taking Arkansas plus the points. Brian Kelly referred to Arkansas this week as a scary, scary team. Daniel matchup, you know, we know it's the battle for the golden boot. It's often been close. The previous three meetings each have been decided by three points. Sam Pittman wants to see his team bounce back from losing to BYU a week ago. Both teams experienced quarterbacks with Jaden Daniels and K.J. Jefferson. But Arkansas, they've been plagued by penalties, man. They've committed 25 penalties for 245 yards in three games. They had 14 last week in the loss to BYU. Both teams hit hard by the news that uh, LSU safety Greg Brooks Needed that emergency surgery to remove a brain tumor. Of course, Greg Brooks played a lot of games for Arkansas before he transferred to LSU prior to last season. And, uh, of course, both programs coming together united to uh, root on Greg Brooks and hope him to a speedy recovery. But, look, this is one where I just think I think LSU wins because I think their offense has been phenomenal throughout the season. And uh, I think they will play well at home. I just wonder, does Arkansas's offense put up a fight? We know LSU's... Biggest weakness is their secondary. Can K.J. Jefferson take advantage? Isaac Tesla, Austin Armstrong, all these guys, I want to see them make big, tough catches. I got LSU somewhere like a you know, 34-24 type game. Like I think a lot of points are scored in this one. I think LSU wins by 10, but they don't cover that 17 and a half. So give me Arkansas plus those points, a lot of points. 
And lastly, the big game of the week. It is Ole Miss versus Alabama. Ole Miss, a six-and-a-half-point road underdog. Lane Kiffin, he was offensive coordinator the last time Alabama lost in September. The Crimson Tide fell to Ole Miss in the third game of that 2015 season and did not lose again until they won a national championship. Now, Lane Kiffin, he's on the other side. A little bit different this time around, though. Alabama is outside the AP Top 10 for the first time since that loss back in 2015. And Jalen Milrow back in the saddle as Alabama's starting quarterback. Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson both split time last week and stunk. But Lane Kiffin causing a stir here uh, days ago as he noted in a press conference that he thought Alabama assistant Travaris Robinson was calling plays on defense, not the D.C. Kevin Steele. Saban had to come out and say that's not true. A lot of fun storylines in this one. Alabama, they will be facing their former D.C. Pete Golding, who left for Ole Miss in January, spent five seasons running the Tides defense, so some familiarity there on both sides. And Alabama has won the last seven meetings here, outscoring Ole Miss by an average of 52-25. to Alabama has three games with 60 or more points scored against the Rebels in that span including a 700 offensive yard performance with 63 points in 2020. And that was with Devontae Smith and Mac Jones and much better quarterback play for Alabama back then. But my pick for the game, I'm going with Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama was atrocious last week. Obviously, they look so much more human in that loss to Texas. If Lane Kiffin, if you're going to do it, this is the week to do it. Now, would it shock me if Jalen Milrow goes out there and performs well and puts up great numbers? No, because I like Jalen Milrow. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he shouldn't have been benched last week. I think Bama should have played him, built up his confidence instead of benching him after the two picks against Texas. But I think Milrow plays well. It would not shock me if uh, Alabama holds serve. But I got to ride the momentum. And Ole Miss has been playing well with Jackson Dart. Running quarter, you know, he's got... Uh, he's not a running quarterback, but he's got mobile traits. Obviously ran for over 100 yards last week against Georgia Tech. And we've seen at times quarterbacks that have given Nick Saban defense's problems are quarterbacks who can run. So if Dart can pick and choose his spots to run and also find his receivers down the field, they're going to score some points on Alabama. Uh, the question is, can Jalen Milrow and company keep pace? Again, we're going to ride with Ole Miss plus the 6.5, and, and we're going to take Ole Miss money line. We're going to take him in the straight-up upset. Now, it is worth me giving you a disclaimer. Two years ago, when Lane Kiffin grabbed the mic on CBS and said, get your popcorn ready, I bet on Ole Miss that day. And they cost me. Every time I bet against Alabama, they usually make me pay. So, again, if you're an Alabama fan, feel confident in your team that I'm betting against you because typically when I do, Bama proves me wrong and um, the sports books take my money. But that's where we're going. Ride Ole Miss, straight up upset, minus or plus the six and a half. See if Alabama and Nick Saban can correct their wrongs. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Come on back on Monday. We'll have your winners and losers of the weekend right here on Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have an awesome weekend. Enjoy all the games. We'll be back here on Monday.